I want you to know that I love Christmas people. Some preachers, I think it's fair to say, can get a little bit cranky, a little bit snarky, a little bit feisty this time of year, because inevitably, in every church, there are those who prioritize attending church at Christmas time above all else. And you know this, if you were here last night searching for a seat, or if you were navigating traffic from exiting worshipers all about Greensboro last night. But I think I understand this. Because if you never go to church, or if you only go to church infrequently, Christmas is the time to go. Maybe it's the tradition that draws people. It's part of the family rhythm, or it's the thing that makes us feel close to memories sacred and dear. Or maybe it's the wonder of it all. There's so much light, so much beauty, so much aglow, so much stirring our souls, it almost woos us toward belief. Or maybe it's the enormity of the moment, this shared experience. The whole world stops on Christmas Eve, Frederick Buechner has observed, to listen to a story that it already knows. But I think at some level, it's because Christmas, it calls to a deep place that is in all of us. Because most of us can't admit that this story, wondrous, sentimental, sweet, and full of light, if it is also true, it is the most important story that has ever been told. Because this is the story, above all others, that answers the deepest of questions of human wondering. This is the story that tells us who God is and what God is like. One of my children asked me about this some years ago. We were on the way to soccer practice, and from the back of the car came the question, Daddy, what is God? Now clearly they had asked their mother before, and she had deferred. You should ask your dad that. Well, let me assure you, there is no professional training for this particular question. And I stumbled about, just like anybody else, with themes like creation and love. I was getting nowhere. I could see in the rearview mirror. And then I said, look, that's why we go to church. We go to church to learn about who God is and what God is like. To which my son said, but we don't really talk about God at church. We only talk about Jesus which is actually a wonderfully astute theological observation because that is at the center of the Christian faith, that to talk about Jesus is to talk about God as clearly as we can. That Jesus of Nazareth, son of Mary and Joseph, born in Bethlehem, moving through this world with elegant grace and endless compassion, giving his life away at every turn is the fullest, the most compelling revelation of who God is and what God is like. We can state the identity of God with words, like those words from that prologue of John, full of its complex and sweeping statements about the pre-existing word, about the enduring light that is not overwhelmed. But sometimes the Gospel of John portrays Jesus as though he's floating somewhere 20 feet above our heads, when actually the great power is once it hits the ground, once the story begins to speak. The most important moment in that prologue, in fact, is that phrase, the Word became flesh 
and lived among us in our midst, in our lives, in our places. The author Dennis Covington has written about how he came to understand this through the love of his own parents, and particularly from his father. Originally from Alabama, Covington's work is full of stories from his childhood, and in one article, he recalls it on long summer evenings when he and his buddies had been out fishing or playing. Each boy's parent would call them home in a different way. And so some parents would lean out the back door and yell for their child, Frankie, Danny, Stanley, time to come home, time for dinner. And some had big cowbells that were outside the back door, and they would ring the cowbell to call a child home. But Dennis Covington's father was always the one who called him home. And Covington says that his dad didn't just stand on the porch and yell for him. He didn't ring a bell from far away. No, he would wander down to the lake, and he would softly say, Hey, Dennis. And then the father and son would walk home together. Describing this, Dennis Covington lovingly writes, He always came to the place that I was, and there he called my name. And Christmas people know it, that God is like that. That's why we love the story, because every piece of it, it tells us something. The eminent New Testament scholar Ray Brown who said that the Christmas story, the birth narratives of our scripture, they are the gospel in miniature form. The little town, the rugged manger, the straw on the floor, the strips of cloth, the young and breathless parents, the small acts of love and grace, the child softly present amidst it all, every elemental detail, it tells us something of who God is and what God is like. And God is like that. God is like one born, not for all time and in all times, but at a specific time. When Quirinius was governor of Syria, Luke says, to root it in a real place in history, when Herod was raging and losing himself, when people were experiencing the consequences of all this, the alienation, the oppression that existed from the Roman imperial system, as if to say that God dwells in the midst of that place and that time and models another way. God is like that. God is like one born, not to all people, but to a specific woman, to Mary, poor, vulnerable. And this is not to show the power of God but instead to show that there was something about this woman that says something about God, that there was something about who Mary is, poor, vulnerable, on the outskirts of things, that tells us something important about who Jesus is. Like one who would grow to see those poor and isolated, vulnerable, and assure them that they were blessed with power beyond their knowing, that they had voice and agency and every gift needed to do the things that God was calling them to do in this world. God is like that. God is like one born not in every place or all places, but in a specific place, a place as small and seemingly inconsequential as Bethlehem born in an inn that held no room, born and laid in a manger bed with only strips of cloth to brace against the night air. And God is like that, 
God is like one who would then go and extend their life and love to every person who has ever felt like they did not have a place, like they were on the edges of it all, and would say to them, there are no edges. The kingdom that I dream about, that I'm giving my life to, it is near to you, right where you are. You don't have to go someplace else. You don't have to clean up your life. It is near to you. And God is like that. We Christians, we know that we are Easter people. But first, let us remember, we are Christmas people. Yes, there are so many that want a God with the power to save us, the strength that sustains us, the might that can make a broad and categorical difference in the world. But Christmas reminds us that amidst all of our hopes and expectations for this God of strength and might and spectacle and display and size and power in the most important moment, God comes softly, specifically, quietly, to people with real names, to places with real complicated dynamics, right into the complexities of human existence, God comes. God comes to us like that. And we so often want Jesus to be large, to be powerful, to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior that will make a definitive difference. We so often want Jesus to demonstrate those characteristics that we want to see in God. In fact, so much of Christian theology and many of the historic debates of the church have centered on this claim that Jesus is God and the soaring enormous expectations that Jesus is like God. Jesus is the one who will save us with power and might. But then he's born. Then he comes. And it's not in ways large. It's not in ways overwhelming. It's in ways that we have to notice. It's in ways as small as our own lives. As intimate as our own places. As known as our own names. And it all reminds us that for all the focus on Jesus being like God, there is an even greater truth. It's at the center of the story. It is at the center of our faith. And Christmas people know it. And it's not that Jesus is like God. No, it's that God is like Jesus. And Merry Christmas. Amen.